to you um, every seven minutes. So if we can have our seven and seven come up and we have seven chairs up here. Yes. Welcome then. Our seven and seven are amazing because they're not only team, but they're like family to us. They're going to be able to speak to you today, and they have seven minutes each to be able to to share their heart. And this is really the one of our coolest things to be able to see. Um, just different voices um, that are happening in our in our the church. Yes, I'm going to introduce one of my one of my coolest the coolest person in at the Grove, Nicole Jones. <laughs> I was like, what do I say in my life in the Grove? <laughs> Nikki Jones, give it up, guys. <laughs> oh, you all right. Well, uh, hello everybody. I am honored to be here with you all today. It's always an honor to be asked to speak during this time. When when I get the opportunity to speak in front of you all or to you all or with you all. I feel like I'm just giving you a little bit of um, my life. I'm just getting kind of real. And um, I'm just going to share with you a lesson that I've learned recently. So I was uh, in a job that I wasn't very happy in. And it had been for about a year that I wasn't really happy in this job. And I would come home from working at that job and I would complain and complain to my family And it was getting to the point where I was thinking, okay, well, I have to do something. I need to either stop complaining about it or I need to make a change. And I was so nervous. I was so scared to make the change. I um, felt like if if I let go of this job, because when I got the job, it was a thrill. Um, It was teaching at the community college medical assisting. And I was so honored when I got that job. And so I started asking myself, like, what's changed? Why do all of a sudden I dread going to this job? Why why did I lose that that thrill of getting that job, right? Um, So I I had thought about it for a long time and realized that I was really um, afraid to let go of that because it had been a great opportunity for me. And... um, I had gotten um, really complacent in that job. So anyway, a scripture came to mind, and it was Philippians 4.6. And Philippians 4.6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. So that comes to mind a lot. And so I thought, okay, I need to stop worrying about this, and I need to pray about it. And in praying about it, I... Um, realized something, something came to mind that I hadn't thought about for a really long time. I had heard this story when I was probably a teenager going to youth group back in the day. I'd heard this story about trapping monkeys. So watch this video with me. to the prize is so strong that he 
sacrifices his life for it. Silly monkeys, right? Maybe not. What is your coconut? What are you holding on to that is trapping you? And if you could just let go, you would be free. Could it be money? Could it be your ideas about happiness that you're holding tightly to? And if only you just let go, then you could truly experience happiness. Could it be your anger? If you forgave that person and let go of your judgment, then you could be free. Or maybe you have an idea in your mind of what your perfect partner looks, acts, and smells like, and that is trapping you. And if you could just let go of the idea, then you would be free to see what might be right under your nose. No matter what the attachment is, isn't it time to let go? Do not sacrifice your happiness, your peace, your life for man's version of a coconut, unless you just like being a monkey. <laughs> All right, so I don't think any of us like to be like a monkey, right? In in remembering something that I had heard so long ago, I mean, I didn't get to watch this cool video, but I I realized that I was so afraid. I had my hand in that trap, so to speak, and I was so afraid to let go, and I was hanging on to that, that prize that I thought was my prize because really it was my pride. I was hanging on to that job because it made me proud to tell people this is what I do for a living when somebody asked. Um, it made me proud to, to – uh, my students made me proud. And um, I, I had a lot of pride in that. And I really believe in instead of worrying about it and stressing about it and continuing to complain about it in deciding to give it to God and ask him what I should do um, in praying about it, he – brought this back to my mind and showed me that that's what I was doing. Um, I realized, like um, like that little monkey, I was wanting to be free, but I was refusing to let go. And I realized that, that um, I wasn't trusting God to have something better for me. I was worried that I would let go of the best thing I've ever had as far as a job goes. So to tell you the truth, um, I decide, I made the decision on a Monday. I emailed my boss on a Tuesday, uh, met with him, and um, by that Friday, I had had an opportunity to meet with a program manager with, um, with a different job, but I wasn't even looking for a job, and I met with her, and she offered me a job, and I interviewed that following Monday. And it, all it took was letting go for the for another door to be able to open, for God to be able to open another door in my life. So, going back to the video, I want to ask you, what's your coconut? What is it that you're holding on to in that coconut? What are you holding on to that's keeping you from experiencing what else God has for you? Maybe it's pride that you're holding on to like me. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's an unhealthy relationship that you're holding on to because you're so afraid, like I was, to let go and that be the best thing I could have ever, thinking that was the best thing I could have ever had. I just want to challenge you not to be unwilling to let go of what you think is the prize because in letting go, we can find freedom. And in letting go, we find that God has something else, uh, something better for us. So thank you so much. Good morning, everyone. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Veronica. 
Growing up, I was the youngest of five, so this definitely made me more spoiled and a lot more sensitive. Um, When I think about the word sensitive, I think about weakness or, um, you know, you get a package in the mail and it says fragile. Well, you don't want to drop it because it might break. Well, that's how I walked around for much of my life, um, just caring too much what other people said, um, caring too much about how things made me feel. Um, Not until recently, though, did I realize that it's actually one of my gifts. Being sensitive has um, made it easier to forgive people, to love people. Um, It's the reason that I have such a compassion for people and an understanding for um, what they've gone through. Um, About a year ago, we joined a small group called Freedom, and within that small group, um, God really just revealed all of these things to me. Um, And I made it my mission to overcome that, but the problem with that is that I um, wanted to do, I went ahead of God. And um, in 2 Peter 3.9, it says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. If only I would have, you know, used that as a reminder that God's timing really is everything. He knows our, he knows our strength. He knows what we can handle and what we can't. And when we go ahead of that, likely we will perish. Um, a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Eric said that when our problems get bigger, God gets smaller. And that's exactly what was happening in my life. All these problems were just getting so big that it created selfishness, stress, anxiety, pressure, pressure to be better. Um, And then came comparison, right? I started comparing myself to other people and their gifts. And before you knew it, my value just didn't measure up. Um, I have this $20 bill with me. Can you imagine all the stuff that happens to our money? Um, Been lost, stepped on. Um, People probably don't wash their hands very much. Um, This was demonstrated to us at a women's conference and um, she said that there's a large percentage of $20 bills that has that has been used for cocaine. I couldn't remember the percentage so I um, looked it up myself and it said that um, 80% of all our money has cocaine on it um, whether that's been contaminated by other money or um, so whether it's direct or indirect. But um, my point is, is that no no matter what this $20 has been $20 bill has been through, we can still take it to any store and it's still worth $20. Well, what if I said that's how God views all of us? No matter what we've been through, no matter how many times we've been stepped on or um, how much we feel like our value is not enough, your value has not diminished to God. Um, my husband always says that the things that we go through in life could either be a lesson or it could be a loss. And he prefers for it to be said that there's only lessons and no losses. But the choice is ours. How are we going to view it? Are we going to view the stuff that we've gone through and the difficulties as losses? Because if we do, we're going to get stuck. Um, About two weeks ago, I spoke at a freedom conference, and the topic I spoke on was fear. And, um, man, I felt so – I felt like I was failing up there because everything in me felt – I felt so afraid up there. Sincerity sent me this picture um, later on that week, and I just started crying. Not only was the scripture in the background perfect, but um, I realized in that moment that um, God had given me the strength to get the courage to get up there and the strength to get through it. So sometimes I might still feel afraid, but it doesn't mean that I have to be overcome by it. In 2 Corinthians 12:9, it says, "Each time he said, 
My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. My growth has been far out of my comfort zone, but every yes to God is one step closer to my potential. And God promises in his word that when we feel weak, his power is available to us. So my, um, oh, I just got nervous all of a sudden. (laughs) So my um, challenge to you for 2020 is to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Make God bigger. Surrender yourself to him so that you can develop your potential and so that you can recognize your value. Thank you. Be my guest. Oh, wait. I'm not here for that purpose, but you could be my guest. Hey, for those of you who don't know me, my name is David Barry. I just want to let you know that I am honored to be up here and and give you a little bit of of what I have to say uh, based on what I've experienced. Um, as as Veronica said, uh, this past semester, um, Cindy and I were honored to co-host uh, the Freedom Group with Pastor Eric and Sincerity, and, and that was just an awesome time. Um, um, Freedom is the title, evidently, of the class, and, and the book that you're given as curriculum is also titled um, Freedom. And, and you're going to hear Freedom throughout my communication with you quite a bit. Um, and on the book, it, it has a scripture from John um, chapter 8, verse 32, and it's just an awesome scripture. Um, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Um, that's powerful. That one sentence of that one scripture can speak into a lifetime. Um, why? There are two wills in that scripture. Um, there's, there's not mites. There's not maybes or probabilities. In the word of the God, it says that you will um, be set free. It's not an option. If, if you have uh, the understanding of God's truth, you will be set free. But here's the thing. You have to want it. You have to go after it. You can't go bits and pieces and put some back in your pocket because it's just going to always weigh you down. Um, I went to my truck and I got this, and I think I frightened a few people coming into a movie theater. Um, I kind of like frightened myself because it brought me back some old memories of what I used to really use a chain for. Um, and, and it wasn't anything good, and it wasn't for pulling the vehicle. It was for getting into um, fights. Um, and, and, and this chain would hold me down back then. Um, and if you allow it to, if you don't use it the way I used to, um, it'll bind you down today um, in situations that you may be going through. Um, so with that being said, um, I came across a quote yesterday as I was reading, um, and it said this. The only thing that can set a man free from any change is the knowledge of truth. What scripture just adds to that. Some chains will never be broken until you break them through prayer. I want to share with you something. During this freedom class, during this freedom small group, which I want to see this freedom group be the biggest group we ever have, um, we pray through some of these chains Every time we meet. And it's necessary. Um, I couldn't find the author of that quote. Um, 
I, I was a participant of a small group last semester, not this semester. I was actually a participant, not a co-host. And in that semester, I was freed from so much, so much. Um, and this semester, as a co-host, I felt chains um, again starting to be broken on myself. I saw chains start to be broken on others. Um, and we had this communication. Um, and at the semester's conference, because after every small group of freedom, we have a conference. And all leaders, co-leaders, and participants attend this conference. And at the beginning of this conference, at that morning, I spoke with a few leaders uh, before it started, and I shared with them that I had a burning heart, a burning, a burning word in my heart, that chains were broken. But they couldn't just be broken. The, 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 the links couldn't just be cracked. They needed to be broken. And because they were broken, they needed to be removed. Because if we kept them, it continued to weigh us down. And so they had to be released. The links of the chain had to be broken and removed um, to release the people of God that wanted to be released from their past um, to go into their present and into their future lightened of that load, lightened of that sin, lightened of, that, of, of, of anything that was binding them, lightened of alcoholism. And I'm, 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 I'm one person to say I had an alcoholism problem back in the day. But you know what? That was then. This is now. I don't go back to hurt, hinder or hold myself down. The only time I go back is to help somebody in their future. Because that's what God wanted us to do with this. Now the picture up on the screen speaks a lot when I saw it. With the words that it says. Except you were born to be great. Break free and away from the chains that live. Uh, break free from the chains and live an amazing life. See that's what God wants for us. He doesn't want us to be bound by these chains. He wants these chains to come off of our heart, out of, out of around of our shoulders and dropped. And never be picked back up. And never be looked back upon to hold yourself down. But only be looked upon, as I said earlier, to help somebody going through what they're going through today, to help them with their future. And to show them that God can use you. He used me. Let me just share this last thing. Small groups are they're essential. If you haven't joined a small group, I encourage you to. Even if it's not freedom, join a small group. Begin joining small groups. You'll find out exactly what I'm saying. Fellowship, prayer, family. It all starts with you. Thank you. <laughs> okay, hi, I'm Tabitha. In case you don't know me, I am married to a cool guy named Sai, and his, he brought his family with him, so, which is unfortunate. You know how in-laws can be. Um, <laughs> Just kidding, I love them. Um, so, yeah, 
a little bit about me. We have two awesome little girls who are sick at home right now, sad. Um, We have been coming to this church for a year now, about a year. We started coming at the end of October, and it's been been really good. Um, So we left our, our church that we grew up in. And let me tell you, coming to a new church, from a church where you knew everyone to a new place where you pretty much hardly know anyone, it's nerve-wracking. Like, we have had to push ourselves and get ourselves out of our comfort zone a lot. And um, it's been good, though. It's been good. Um, Dave talked about freedom. Veronica talked about freedom. We did freedom. It was great. Um, Everyone should do freedom, I think. Yearly, maybe. You should do it a lot. Um, (laughs) Freedom is... It's so freeing. It, there's a reason it's called freedom. Um, we've had a lot of opportunities here. We've gotten to serve on team. Um, we got to take some teens to youth camp, and that's that's always great. You know, God really shows up at camp. Um, 2019 was good, um, but 2019 also had some hard times for our family. Uh, in June, we found out I was pregnant with a new baby. And uh, we're really excited. We've we've always kind of wanted like a new or a big family. Um, so news of a new baby is always, you know, that's exciting for us. Um, all summer I was pregnant, you know, normal pregnancy symptoms, morning sickness, um, probably the worst I've ever had it. Uh, nauseous, fatigue, you know, all the, we weren't worried because I was experiencing all the normal stuff, but um I went in for my 12-week appointment on August 19th and found out that our baby was gone. Um, I had what was called a missed miscarriage. Um, my body hadn't gotten the memo, but baby was, you know, passed away. And uh, But I was still experiencing all the symptoms, you know, everything. I was even starting to show a bit. But, yeah, so um, we had had another miscarriage before in 2016 between my two girls. And that time was, it was a lot earlier on, and it was easier for me to accept because I know how common miscarriages are. A lot of people go through them, and um, I think I was a little bit more, like, open to, like, you know, accepting and, like, God's comfort. And this time, my first ex- my first feeling was anger. Like, really? Another one? Like, why? You know, this doesn't, I mean, it's, it's not very common to have, you know, more than one. Um and so I wasn't, I don't know, I, I don't feel like I was, like, as open to, like, God's comfort, but God is still faithful. He sent so many people our way to rally behind us, Eric and Sincerity, our family. Um, really just made it easy for us to process what we were going through um, and with no added stress. Uh, so all the physical part, that, that has its own trauma that it comes with, but um, I want to talk more about, like, my emotional experience and my um, my mental state after. Um, I'm usually a pretty positive person. I can get over things pretty quick. Uh, usually, like, you know, hardship comes. I could just, you know, I don't lose my joy. But for some reason, this past fall and summer, I kind of, I was feeling down. It was not like me. And I was having, like, low thoughts and involuntary thoughts that, I don't know. I felt like I had no control over it. I don't know if I would call it depression, but it was probably the lowest I've been. And I told my husband, we prayed about it. And I was like, gosh, I feel like I have, like, no control over this thing that's going on. So 
Anyway, we would pray. And finally, um, I went to the women's conference, the same one that Veronica mentioned. And the speaker there, one of them, um, Dr. Caroline Leith, she was like, everything she was saying was like, so practical, like, oh my gosh, I need to do whatever, I need to do whatever she's telling me to do, because, like, just really, really good stuff. Um, she's a neuroscientist, and she, um, just, her focus is to help people renew their minds, take control of their thoughts, and um, make them obedient to Christ. There's two scriptures that basically surround her teaching. I'm not going to read them, because I don't think I have time, but um, anyway, she has this app called the 21 day detox and you go through it and she basically guides you through getting rid of toxic thoughts and replacing them with healthy thoughts and so I was like I, I'll, I'll just try it it's not free um, <laughs> it costs a nice amount but I felt like it was worth it so I tried it and uh, gosh like I just did one thought the whole app the 21 days it's only one thought there's like thousands to go but Man, it is so good. Like, I feel like I'm getting a handle on, you know, my thought life. And it's amazing how much your thought life affects your physical life. Like, they're so in, intertwined, connected. Um, so anyway, I'm just really thankful that God answered my prayer in that. I just, I mean, I'm not perfect, but I feel so much progress since doing that program. Um, and so, yeah, um I lost my train of thought. <laughs> uh, yeah, so all that to say, God is so faithful. And I look back at all the different times in my life, and if I wrote them down like I wrote down this story, I would see his hand so clear. He's always faithful. So I want to be faithful. I want to remain faithful. And so in 2020, whatever comes my way, I just want to take it in stride, be faithful, and... Just know that God does some of his best work in the midst of struggle. Um, so my challenge to myself and to everyone is this scripture, James 1, 2 through 4. Consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. That's my challenge. I have, actually have a second challenge. <laughs> Um, a big thing this year for me and my husband was stepping out of our comfort zone and getting involved. And if you're here and you haven't gotten involved, you haven't joined a small group, gone through growth track, I really encourage you because I feel like God just, he does so much when we're out of our comfort zone, like Veronica said. And it's really worth it. I mean, staying safe is nice, but God can do so much more. That's all I got. <laughs> Good morning, Grove. Let me uh, get my stuff. I wasn't prepared. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm excited to be here, but also a little bit nervous, so uh, y'all say a prayer for me, please. Is that enough time? All right, cool. Uh, 2020 is almost here, uh, and I pray God's perfect 2020 vision for the year in each of our lives. Uh, maybe not for the whole year, but at least for the next step. And I pray the uh, faith and courage for us to take that step. I believe oftentimes we're waiting on God, but in actuality, he's waiting on us to take action. I have a new respect for what pastor does every week after trying to bring something worthy of your time and attention. Uh, I must say I borrowed heavily from the book Today Matters by Dr. John Maxwell. 
Uh, I just finished the leadership course with Eric, and it was another one of John's books that we used. Uh, His insights have been a huge blessing in my life, so I hope this is just the tip of the iceberg for you. Uh, How would you describe your life? Are you achieving what you desire? Do you consider yourself a success? The secret to our success is determined by our daily agenda. You will never change your life until you change something you do daily. You see, success just doesn't suddenly occur in someone's life. For that matter, neither does failure. Each is a process. Every day of your life is merely preparation for the next. What you become is the result of what you do today. So the only adequate preparation for tomorrow is the right use of today. When you invest in today, it's like putting money in the bank or studying for the test of tomorrow. You're just better prepared to meet life's challenges. John Cotter states, most people don't accept, or excuse me, most people don't lead their own lives. They accept their lives. How sad and true that seems to be. It seems many people approach their lives very passively. They take a reactive approach instead of a proactive one. If you're proactive, you focus on preparing. If you're reactive, you focus on repairing. Benjamin Disraeli said, The secret of success in life is for a man to be ready for his time when it comes. Now, I know you don't need to hear this, but the person next to you does, so give him an elbow and tell him to pay attention, huh? Uh, Legendary UCLA basketball coach John Wooden frequently told his players, Too often we get distracted by what is outside of our control. You can't do anything about yesterday. The door to the past has been shut and the key thrown away. You can do nothing about tomorrow. It is yet to come. However, tomorrow is in large part determined by what you do today. So make today a masterpiece. This rule is even more important in life than basketball. You have to apply yourself each day to become a little better. Over a period of time, you will become a lot better. Only then will you approach being the best you can be. Isn't the idea of making today a masterpiece appealing? The question is, how? What does it take? I believe there's two ingredients necessary to make every day a masterpiece. Decisions and discipline. They're like two sides of the same coin. You could call them goal setting and goal getting. Decisions help us start and discipline helps us finish. It seems obvious to say that making good decisions today will give you a better tomorrow, yet many people don't appear to connect their lack of success to poor decision making. Look, nobody says that good decisions are always simple, but they are always necessary for success. Now, making good decisions has no real value without practicing the good discipline. Let's face it, everybody wants to be healthy and live long. Not many want to diet and exercise. Everybody wants money, yet few want to work hard. Many people avoid the pain of self-discipline because it's the easy thing to do. And what they may not realize is that the pain of self-discipline is momentary and the benefits long-lasting, but the pain of regret can be permanent. Getting started is often the hardest part of making changes in our lives because we already have so many reasons not to get started in the back of our minds. Let me encourage you by giving you some compelling ideas about getting started. First, Start with yourself. Mahatma Gandhi once said, be the change you want to see in the world. So often, we want to change the world, but it's easier to talk about the changes someone else should make than to roll up our sleeves and do it ourselves. If we don't, we're like the subject of Luke 642a that says, 
How can you think of saying, friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? If you can, start early. There was an old saying that Noah didn't wait for his ship to come in. He built one. If you take a proactive approach to changing your life and you start early, you increase your odds for success and you create more options for yourself later in life. Because the bigger the change, the more intimidating it can be. Just about everyone believes they can take a small step. You start small and succeed, and it helps you to believe that you can accomplish the next step. It also helps you to prioritize your actions and focus your energy. Finally, start now. Not manana, my 505 people. Now. Uh, Author Dick Biggs said, the greatest gap in life is the one between knowing and doing. In considering how precious our time is, I found John Maxwell's quote spot on. Time is an equal opportunity employer, but how we treat time is not equal. Time is like a block of marble. Give a block of marble to an average person and you end up with a block of marble. But put it in the hands of a master sculptor and watch what happens. I believe that you and I can become like the sculptor. We can learn to be master craftsmen, not of stone, but of our lives. Deep down, we all know that if we want to change and grow, we need to get started, yet sometimes we hesitate. That's why it's been said, most people fail in the starting. There's an email that I had to read a few times to fully appreciate uh, called, So Stop Waiting. So stop waiting. Until you get a new car or home, or your car or home is paid off, until you have kids or your kids leave the house, until you go back to school or you finish school, until you lose 10 pounds or you gain 10 pounds, until you get married or you get a divorce, until you retire, until spring, until fall, until you die. So stop waiting. You may have a million reasons not to get started now, but deep down, none of them can be as compelling as your desire to change grow, and succeed. In a month or a year or five years from now, you may have only one regret, that you didn't start now. Today matters. The way you spend your life today really can change your life. But the first decision you must make is to begin. Thank you. Good morning, church. Uh, My name is Irving, if you all don't know me. Um, I just want to talk about how God works in your lives, and I think it's funny that, you know, every time we do this, um, I've said it before, I'll say it again, like, it's funny how all these messages are connected, right? And in, believe me, guys, like, there's no preparation for this with each other. Pastor Eric does not say, this is the theme of the seven on seven. He doesn't go individually with each one and say, this is what you have to say. And I'm here to tell you guys, that's just how God works, Okay. Um, I had a a conversation with a friend of mine just a couple of days ago, which basically set me up to tell you guys what I'm going to tell you guys today. And his question to me was, how how do I release my life to God? How, How do I let go and how do I give everything to God? And, you know, I feel like at that moment, God just came came with me and and gave me the words to tell him on how to do it. And it's it's very simple. You know, we talked about things that happen in your life and just what you go through every single day. And what we do as humans naturally is we put so much emphasis or emphasis on what happens to us, the good, the bad, 
And honestly, most of us put a lot of emphasis on the bad, right? You know, something bad happens in our day and we're like, our day is done. Our day is just over. Something bad happened and that's that's what it is. And sometimes it carries with us not one day but two days, three days and beyond. And what I was telling my friend is look at all the good things that happen in life, you know. For for the most part, most of us get up every single day. We can walk, we can talk, we have our jobs, we have our homes. Where have we starved? Are we starving? No. You know, and, and that's that's such a blessing within itself. And so I'm gonna tell you guys a little bit about how I even became just a Christian in general. And for me, you know, growing up was wasn't the best it wasn't the best of situations. It wasn't you know, favorable situation. And like my wife, Veronica, said, I tell people all the time, it's either a loss or a lesson. And what I really mean is you shouldn't count anything as a loss because it's all a lesson, right? And God sets you up for where your future. Um, somebody up here was saying it's it's not about, you know, your past. It's about your future. And so the things that you go through today and your struggles, they help set you up for the future, so me growing up, I always, you know, you, you grow up poor, you grow up, you don't have much, and you grow up in situations that are not favorable. So you adapt to those situations, right? And for me, I, I kind of got that mentality where I'm like, I have to get what I want, and I have to get what I need, and it's going to be on my hands forever. So I made a commitment to myself, and I, I said, I'm, I'm never going to be in this situation ever again. So what do you do? You start, you know, I start working, I start going out to get what I need, finding ways to make money before I could even work. And that just carried on into my life and it just became almost a workaholic mentality. So, you know, throughout the course of my life, God has sent me back tons of times where it's like, you know, I feel like I'm on top of the world. I got everything I want. And then I would get knocked down. And so, you know, me naturally, I'm just, that's not a loss for me, right? You know, like what, what do I learn from it? Let's do it again. And so, again, I would work, 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 get to where I felt like I was at the top and get knocked down again. And sometimes I would say, I, I'm not going to lie to you guys, I would say, you know, like, what's going on? Like, I'm I'm a good person, I would tell myself. I, I'm, I'm a good person. Like, why is this happening to me? Like, God, I do everything you want me to do. Why is this happening? The reality of it is God has been trying to set me up to be in this position my whole life, Right? And, and that's not just me. That's with you guys right now, too, and everything that's happened in your life until this point, whether you see it as a good thing or a bad thing. I got to a point in my life where, again, I was at the top of the mountain, right? I was almost achieved everything I wanted to career-wise. I was making great money. My family was taken care of. But my focus wasn't on God. My focus was set on just on that. Is just how much money can I make? How hard can I work? How can I achieve my goals? And my goals are set for my career, not my life. And so, again, God put me back down and said, hey, like, you're not learning. You know, you, I keep putting you in the same situation, and you're not learning. You go back to the same spot, and you're in the same spot this next time that you were the previous time. And so, you know, I was, I was set up, fortunately in a good situation where I was able to take some time off of work and really just reflect. You know, I, I took some time off of work. I sat at home and I realized, you know what? Like, my, my priorities should be my family. That's where my priorities should be. My priorities should be God. And in that time where I was 
you know, taking time off of work, that's when we started coming to church. And that's when we started, you know, meeting people here and just God really just opening my eyes to what was important in life. And through all this, I'm, I'm thinking like, you know, all this stuff is going on in my life. And the reality is, is God setting me up for something greater. But my focus is, why do I keep getting set back? Like, I work so hard. I do everything I can. And my efforts are always there. 110%. Why do I get set back? And it's because you're not learning. Right? But if you take time to slow down and look at the way that things have happened, 100% of those times, you're being set up to be ready for that position when you get there. For that step when you're going to be great, when you're going to be right where you need to be, when you need to be there. And so I tell my friend, I said, look, everything that's happened so far is just, it's God putting you, making you stronger, getting you ready. So as you move through life, it's, it's preparation, right? God prepares you for everything that's coming your way. And then we talk about, well, okay, so I go through this, you know, what, what's the point of it? You know, I, I learn, well, guess what? So you become stronger, you become better. When you get to the to the next level, guess what? There's going to be someone who's now going through the situation that you were going through. And what God sets us up for is to help those people, right? Every single time that you, you learn something new, it's not only for yourself, but it's for someone else. So what, what can I do every day to look back around my friends, my family, all the people that surround me every day and say, hey, I've been there. Let me help you out. Like, let me tell you. And this good friend of mine that, you know, we talked, we had a long conversation, and he, I, I laughed that day, and I told him I should call you my mini-me, because he tells me things that I'm like, that's me. Like, that was me. He tells me, like, things like, you know what, well, it's, it's so, you know, I think about myself, and it's kind of more about me, and, and just, you know, pride, ego, selfishness. He says it's easy to cut people off, and I'm thinking, like, that was me, too. You know, but God sent me up through everything that I've been through to help him out. And then God's going to have him set up to help somebody else out. Right. So I'm here just to tell you guys today, especially coming into the new year. Don't don't worry about what's happening in your life. Just learn from it. Learn from it. Don't there is no losses. There's just lessons. What can you learn and how can you grow? And that's going to help not only set you up in the future, but set up those that you love and care about as well. Because let me tell you guys, as much as your situation seems unique, there's somebody out there that's been through it. And there's somebody who has learned, and there's somebody who has grown. There's somebody who's going to help you out. Now the thing, Nikki kind of came up and put the coolest video up. I should have had that video. But that's the thing, right? So I told my friend, what you do, and I think Pastor Eric has talked about this too, at the end of the day, you spend so much of your time holding on. You have this fist to things that you believe are only of your control and that you think you know what's best for your life. But if you open your hands and you let go of that fist and you release the things that you value the most, that you think are most important, and you release those things to God, not only are you releasing, but you're opening your hand to receive. And trust me, whatever God has for you is way better than anything that you will ever have for yourself so 2020 guys i challenge you guys please just be open put your faith in god and see what he does for you that's all i got guys thank you
So good. You know, um, one of the things that I, I started doing um, uh, just preparing for, for today and ending the year is I just want to look back over the year and reflect. And so I went back over all the messages that we, all the series that we did for 2019. And uh, I just need to look back and, th- and I thought, man, this has been such a great year. Um, and, and when I say great year, it doesn't mean everything was perfect, everything went well. There's always difficulties in the middle of that. I love what a lot of these uh, communicators said today is that in, despite the difficulties, God is still faithful. He's still good. He's in the middle of that. Um, one of the things that I asked in the beginning of the year was it was a, the first series that we did. I asked a question. I said, the question is not will my calendar be full, but who and what will fill my calendar? In 2019, as you look back, who and what filled your calendar? Right? Maybe a better way to phrase that question is like this. The question isn't, will I have things to do, but will I do things that make a difference? And I challenged the church said, hey, this year, 2019, right? What, what are you going to do with your calendar that's going to allow you to make a difference in people's lives? What are you going to do with your calendar that's going to allow you to, to grow and to learn and, and, and um, be used by God, right? And so looking back now, the question is, did you do that? Who filled your calendar? And what were those things that you did and, and were you able to make a difference? Um, as, as I listen to the communicators, it's great to hear that as they reflect over the years, they reflect over what God is doing. What they're doing essentially is like what, what Irving said, right? If you don't have those moments of, of um, reflecting back on what's taking place, you won't grow, you won't learn. I think a lot of times the reason one year looks like the next year and it just keeps going is because we don't stop long enough to say, what did I learn? What did I not learn? What am I not paying attention to? What has become most important? Most important? You know, there's a there's a, a passage of Jeremiah. When I first read it, it was kind of um, it jumped out to me. It was years ago. It jumped out to me because uh, for my life, I have big goals. Like I, I want to be used by God in a great way. And um, and there's this this moment where Jeremiah is essentially it's 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 12 chapters into the book of Jeremiah, but he's complaining to God about life. And it's so hard because he's trying to do what God wants him to. And nobody seems like nobody else cares. And he's complaining like, God, why is it so difficult? And why is life so difficult sometimes? And why, well, I'm, trying to, I'm striving to do what you want me to do, but it's not working. And this is what God tells Jeremiah. So, so Jeremiah, he says, if you're worn out in this foot race with men, what makes you think you can race against horses? And if you can't keep, up, keep your wits during the time of calm, what's going to happen when trouble breaks loose like the Jordan in a flood? And essentially God challenged Jeremiah and says, all right, Jeremiah, you're complaining about the difficulties right now. But in reality... What you're experiencing is nothing compared to what you could be accomplishing with your life, but you're focused on the wrong thing. And when I read that the first time you want to race against horses, I, I had this sense of, okay, racing against horses, like a man racing against a horse is doing something very significant. I would, I would think like Usain Bolt, right? He's super fast. He's doing something amazing with his life. When I, when I think of this, I'm, I'm thinking God is challenging Jeremiah to say, Jeremiah, you want to do something extraordinary for, with your life, but you're not even you're, – you're, you're having difficulty just racing against – the common things that we go through as, as humans. And you're so focused on what your struggle is that you're unaware of what I'm trying to take you to. And he's saying even in the moments where it's even calm, your, your thought like, like um, who is a thought person? You talk about your thought life, right? Your thought life, Tabitha said, her, your thoughts go to these places where you get distracted by thinking on the negative thing, on the wrong thing, and you miss the opportunity for God to, to show up maybe in the middle of that and say, I'm still with you. I'm still faithful. I'm still good. You know, for our group, a lot of these, a lot of these, um, every, every communicator, they're a part of a group. Um, many of them lead groups. And I'm um, so proud of them. And, and, and I, I look at our, our, our church and I look to the team and I'm just honored that I can do life with so many amazing people, with you guys, with this team. And I look back over the year. And uh, one of the things that, that we just went through as a leadership group that Brian Bryant was talking about is 
it was a great book, just a leadership group that we did with John, about John, one of John Maxwell's books. And this is the main thing that, I, that stood, stood out to me this, this last semester. When it comes to growth, when it comes to allowing God to work in our lives, he says it like this. Growth's highest reward is not what you get from it, but, by what, we, but what we become by it. So when you grow, when you give yourself to growth, it's not what you get from it. You might get monetary gain. You might get smarter. That's not what it is. It's who you become through that process. Because growth is the only guarantee that tomorrow will be better than today. So if you want 2020 to be better than 2019, you have to choose it. Growth doesn't come looking for you. I don't know if you know this, but your weights don't just show up in your bed in the morning, right? You don't just wake up and oh, the weights are there. I'm going to work out. No, you have to go to the weights and do it. This is what growth is all about. You have to go to the growth. You have to seek it out. You have to stop and reflect and say, why am I not growing? Why am I continuing to think these patterns? Why am I continuing to to struggle with these things? And if we don't do that, we don't grow. And so 2019, I would just challenge you as as we end the year, would you look back over the year, right? Would you you, um, reflect on what took place, right? I guess this would be the way, right? Looking backwards. Before you look forward, look backwards. In fact, I was at a light. We were driving home uh, Christmas. I think it might have been Christmas night. And um, we're driving down the road, and, and it's kind of a, the hill's going downwards. There's a light here. There's a light there, and there's a light way down there. Well, I start hitting my brake. And Sarah's like, what are you doing? I'm like, the light is changing. And she's like, no, it's not. It's green. I was looking down a few lights, and I saw the light change way down there. And so I assumed that I was supposed to push my brake, right? I'm glad I didn't stop, and she, she caught it. But sometimes in life we're like that, and, and I think I really sense God was saying, Eric, you do that too often. You look so down the road, and you're, you're maybe discouraged by what's not happening or what's not going to take place. You're not even thinking about today. And I love what Bryant said. It has to start today, right? You have to be aware of what's going on now. So today, what do you do today to reflect and then prepare for the future? Um, Hebrews 12, 2 through 3. My favorite series we did this year was called um, uh, how, to, how, to, how to Live Through a Bad Day. A great series, um, my favorite one that we did the whole year, and I just enjoyed it so much. And we, we took this passage of Hebrews and said, hey, if, if we're going to get through a bad day, why don't we look at somebody who had a bad day and, and look at what he did to get through it? And it says this, keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished the race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way, the cr- cross, the shame, whatever that came his way. And now he's there in place of honor, right alongside God. When you find yourself lagging your faith, go over that story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility he plowed through. That will shoot adrenaline into your souls. What is he saying? Reflect. Pause. Look at what's, what's happening in your life. Begin to ask the hard questions of yourself. So this year, before you go into, as we end 2019, before you go into 2020, I would just say, would you do, me, do yourself a favor? Begin to sit down and think and reflect over the year. Right? What did I learn? What did I not learn? What did I repeat this year that I repeated last year? And what do I have to change this next year to change that? What, what do I need to do today? And if, if you wait till tomorrow, you're not going to do anything. It starts today. Remember, the weights don't just show up in your bed. You have to go to them. Growth doesn't just happen. You have to choose it for yourself. All right? Awesome. Hey, can you do me a favor? Can we celebrate um, all of these communicators today? So good. You guys did awesome. I, I love uh, I love seven and seven. It's pretty amazing. And I was I was um, taking notes because I was trying to say how can you how can you summarize what just took place? And here's the thing that you need to do is something was said today that was for you specifically for you. That was my prayer. God, would you speak a word to every single person that comes? And so I know somebody up here they spoke something that was that was meant for you. You need to take that and say, all right, God, what do I need to do with this now? 
and take it and own it. Um, but, I, but I thought about some of the things that they were saying, right? What are you holding on to? What do you let go of? Um, what are the lessons you're supposed to learn? Don't let fear stop you. You know, if you want to, if, if you need freedom, you want to break free. Um, it's not just to break free, but it's to really live a life that God wants you to live, right? It's about freedom. And that God does his best work in trials. He's faithful. Uh, Bryant said you have to start today. Um, and then Irving talked about reflecting, right? It's a setup. God is setting us up. So if I was to kind of summarize this, I would say, you know, um, God is setting you up for something really good. He wants you to be free, but you're holding on to stuff that you need to let go of. And if you don't let go of them, you're not going to find the life that he really has for you. Stop letting fear be the thing that holds you back. But you have to start today. And as I thought through that, I thought that's just a great message for 2019 as we reflect, as we look back, as we prepare for 2020. What are those things we're holding on to that we need to let go of? Um, like, like I'll echo what they said. Get in a small group. If you can't choose, on, choose freedom, just get in a freedom small group. I guarantee it will be an amazing group for you. But in, in that process, what you're going to learn is uh, you have things in your life that God is saying, hey, if you'll just trust me, if you'll let go, I will use you in a great way. You know, as we end our service today, I want to give an opportunity for those that need to do exactly what we just talked about. As you look back, you even know at this moment that you're holding on to stuff that has not been good. And you need to start, where say, you, a fresh start where you're saying, God, I need to let go of that. Some of you fear stopping you. Some of you, you're maybe a little upset to God because of things didn't work out the way you wanted to this year. And maybe what's going on is just like Irving said, is a setup for your life. Like he's trying to teach you something and help you in something. But you're looking at it wrong. And maybe today you need to let go of some of that anger, some of that hurt, some of that disappointment, whatever it is, because it's going to hold you back and it's not going to allow you to be free to move into the future. And so today as we end our service, um, I'd love to give you an opportunity just to say, all right, God, I invite you into my life. I invite you to lead me in this process. Help me. So do me a favor. Close your eyes and bow your head today as we end our service. If that's you today and you're here and you would say, man, I, I need to let go of what's been holding me back. I need to trust God with my life. I don't want to go another step forward in my, in my life without just turning it over to God. See, being a Jesus follower means that we're following his lead, his example. We're releasing those things that we need to release and trust him for the outcomes. Forgive when we need to forgive. So if you're here today and you'd like to say, today I want to ask God to come and help me on this journey. I want to invite him to lead my life. I don't want to, know, I don't want to hold on to these things any longer. I need God's help. I want to ask God for forgiveness for my part. And allow him to, to move in my life. So if that's you today, would you do me a favor? Just lift your hand here and let me know that's you, that today you need to make that decision to turn over your life. Awesome. Anybody else? So good. All right, for you, those that raised their hand, would you do me a favor? And um, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. If you're in this room today and you're a GS follower, would you, uh, would you pray with us so that they're not praying alone? Say this today. Say, Father God. Today, I acknowledge that I need you in my life. I cannot do it without you. Forgive me of my past, of my choices, of my sin. I release and let go of that today. And I receive and accept everything you have for me. Give me a new start. Come into my life. I put my trust in you. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus to die on that cross in my place so I could have a new life. I confess him as Lord of my life right now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, church, let's celebrate those that prayed. So good.